So we're going to get started. All right, so um, let me introduce myself. So I'm Dr. Dave Blankenship. I am the current interim director of clinical services at Emerge Counseling Ministries. And I have been a counselor for over 18 years. I was teaching at the University of Akron in the School of Counseling for seven years in academia. And my specialty, I would say, would be, should I shut the door? Um, would be uh, trauma and anxiety. All right, so there's handouts if you want them. I didn't give you everything. I like to keep little surprises if I can. Don't look ahead if you can indulge me on that. Yeah, I'm watching. Don't, don't look ahead, all right? I might get bitter about it, but heads up. All right, this is a topic I am very much passionate about. So I have seen um, tens of thousands of clients in my tenure of, of a counselor. And if I had only two techniques that I could ever use with a client, one of them would be this, what I'm about to show you. It's that significant. I've seen people's lives change, set free from what I'm about to show you. And if you could use it for yourself, or if you can share with somebody else to get freedom, that is the goal. So I'm going to go through this. If you have questions, let me know. I think we're going to do questions at the end, but um, I guess we'll see how that goes. All right, so through this process, going to identify what is resentfulness, bitterness, and unforgiveness. I'm going to talk about the common barriers that keeps a person stuck, an effective experiential process to overcome them, become free, and then we'll do questions and answers at the end. All right, Hebrews 12:15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up in trouble you, corrupting many. Has anyone here ever been bitter, resentful, or um, passive-aggressive, or angry, or vindictive? Okay, all right, so maybe you'll get something out of this. But that root of bitterness, it's a real thing. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, or maybe you have it, you don't even know you have it, you might after today. But it is quite significant. And so the question that people ask is, is, is bitterness and unforgiveness and resentfulness, is it, um, is it psychological or is it spiritual? And the answer is yes, right? So the question is, is it psychological or is it spiritual? The question is, how much of it is psychological and how much of it is spiritual? And so there is some significance to how this can set people free. All right, so let me give you some observations. I have seen bitterness destroy marriages, relationships. People in ministry have left the ministry because of bitterness. I have seen um, people's lives get set free from letting go of, of that. Race relations, that has increased since, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say a year. 2016 election, the pandemic, 2020 election, lots of bitterness, lots of division, lots of stuff going on, and it's contagious. And so I'm hoping that from today you'll have some really good tools. All right, so clients that I've worked with. So um, my style of counseling is <clears throat> I'm a very directive counselor, and so it's not me telling you what to do, but if you come in like, I have depression or anxiety, and I don't know what to do with it, I may say, I've got some ideas of what we can do. 
So collaborative directive. And so I have had clients who I gave them my best techniques. Best techniques, they're really good techniques. Nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working. We get to forgiveness. Oh, that's what it was. Lives change. Pastors come to, to, come to us and emerge. I've had a pastor said, you know what? Intellectually, I know that God loves me and he'll never leave me, but I sure feel like he's left me. And I'm thinking about leaving the ministry. And so from forgiveness, he was able to then overcome that. And so it is quite significant. I cannot stress enough. Remember, if I had only two techniques to ever use with anyone ever for the rest of my life, this would be one of them for sure. All right. So let's do some uh, operational definitions. Resentfulness, what does that mean? Indignation at some act, remark, or person perceived to cause some sort of injury or insult. Okay? I like your shoes. I like your shoes. Other? What made you decide to wear those shoes? I liked them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so even though I'm trying to give compliments, thank you for playing along with me, sometimes if someone says something, we may perceive it as an insult. I may have the best intentions, or like with my wife, um, wow, that shirt looks great. What about the shirt I was wearing yesterday? <laughs> what about it? You didn't say anything about that shirt, but that was yesterday. So perceived cause for injury can lead to resentfulness. Bitterness, feeling of hostility or hate. I was driving here, so it took me about an hour and 45 minutes to get here. And you know, I'm driving and it's snowing and, and there's people merging and there's this guy who thought that I was in the wrong, which I wasn't, <laughs> biasly speaking. And he's flashing his lights and doing like angry and like flipping me off and stuff. And I kept my cool. Yeah. Most, sometimes I, I, most of the time I do. Um, but I'm just thinking that this guy is really angry. There's only two ways to interpret, I feel like, there's only two ways to interpret someone's undesirable behavior. One, they're a terrible, horrible person. Or two, if they've experienced a wound and they're being, that wound is getting triggered and so therefore that's what that is. And so being in this field, I don't look at people, and, and of course I judge people, but I look at that and I'm not thinking, ah, a terrible person. I'm thinking, what has that guy been through that would cause him to, to be like that? All right, so bitterness, hate, hostility, unforgiveness, the act of not forgiving. So that's forgiveness of others and forgiveness of self. That's a huge one, huge one. And um, there's guilt and there's shame. Do you know the difference between guilt and shame? Guilt is I did something bad, I did something wrong. Shame is I am bad, I am wrong. So that would be the difference between gate, uh, guilt and shame. So if you have resentfulness, bitterness, guilt, shame, unforgiveness is what it all boils down to. Now you can use these interchangeably, but these are kind of the words that I'm gonna be using. I tend to, when I'm working with clients, I'll, I usually I'll say bitterness. You ever have bitterness? Oh no, no, I'm not bitter. Any resentfulness? Okay, yeah, I've got that. So it depends on how people perceive this. I may use different words, so. Bitterness, unforgiving, resentfulness. All right, now if you're familiar with this book by John Bevere, The Bait of Satan, yeah? There's a lot of people that have uh, experienced offense and they're just, they're just done. So he says, one of the most deceptive snares Satan uses to get believers out of the will of God is offense. 
Now, if, I, if you knew I was going to deceive you, how likely are you to be deceived? Probably not very likely. If you knew I was going to deceive you, you probably wouldn't be deceived, right? That's how deception works, is you don't know that you're being deceived. So what if some of you in here are dealing with bitterness, resentfulness, unforgiveness, and you don't even know it? Well, I'm going to show you some clues that might help you see that. And I've had conversations with clients, and I'm pinpointing, I feel like I'm pinpointing, all right, this is what's causing the, the, the difficulties, unforgiveness. Oh, no, no, it's not it. And so I'll ask some of these questions I'm about to ask you, and then they're like, okay, yeah, maybe it is. So uh, most people who are ensnared by the bait of Satan don't even realize it. So that's why it's such an effective, deceptive thing, is you get offended, rightfully so, right? I mean, you know, what they did to me, that's just unacceptable. And so I have a right to feel this way. And so why would I do anything about it? I'm justified. And so then bitterness, resentfulness, passive aggressiveness, vindictiveness, go on and on and on, continues to just plague me and everybody around me. All right, so how do you know you've got it? All right, here it is. You think about the person or event that caused the offense, and by offense could be the insult, some sort of attack, a crime, and what emotions do you have about it? Doesn't matter how long ago it was. Do you have anger? Well, I'm, I'm justified. I should be angry. Anger is a normal emotion. It's one of the four emotions. Happy, sad, angry, scared. It's a normal emotion, right? Do you have resentfulness, bitterness, grudge holding? Do you ever hold grudges? Mm. Every time I think about this person, I have these ill feelings, like I'm holding this grudge. Passive aggressiveness, I've done that many times. Or vindictive, I'll show you. It's getting really quiet in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Shame or guilt. All right, because of things that I've done, I feel like I am just worthless. I have all of this guilt and all of this shame, and so that would factor into that. So the emotion is attached to the offense. You hold on to the offense, the emotion stays with it. Pain. You don't know what they did to me. I feel so pained by it. That makes sense. How long do you want that pain to stay there? Well, until they come and ask for forgiveness. Well, what if that never happens? So the, the emotion you have, the pain, resentfulness, bitter, angerness, grudge holding, all of that is tied to the offense. So guess what happens when you let go of the offense? What goes with it? The emotions go with it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, some, but sometimes it is. It's, it's weird. But, but sometimes it's not. So to let go of the emotions, so if somebody has harmed you and you're the one dealing with all of the pain, is that fair? That's not fair, right? Of course you've heard, you know, forgiveness isn't about them, it's about you. But if you're har harboring all of this pain, anger, all of these things, um, it's not going to affect them as much as it's going to affect you and everyone around you. So do you deserve to be plagued with this pain for the rest of your life because of what they did to you? That's not fair. And so for your sake, I'm going to choose to not hold on to their offense. And so then the, the pain goes with it. Yeah, I'll remember it. 
Yeah, I remember how it felt, but it's not going to be this root of bitterness that's plaguing me, and then I'm taking it out on my family and friends and people who are driving on the interstate and other things. <laughs> so when I'm explaining this to clients, I say there is a key to, there's a cure. There's a cure to this. What's the cure? You're like, Jesus? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and we have been given this key through forgiveness. Sounds simple. You think, you know, if you're a believer, that forgiveness is something that you have grown up knowing about and knowing that you should do it. But what if you have it and you don't know it? All right, so this is John and this is Jane. They had an argument last night, said some things that were very hurtful. Some people's feelings got hurt. And so they go to bed. And Jane's upset because John said some pretty tough things. John was upset, but then he fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow morning, he's going to wake up and say, why are you angry? I'm good. Or have you ever had a dream? Like my wife will have a dream that I, that I cheated on her. I've never cheated on my wife. And then the whole day she's mad at me. Right? She's like, I know you didn't cheat on me, but I'm just so mad at you. I'm like, uh, why? I didn't do it. There's something about that emotion that really affects you. So they have an argument, John and Jane. John's asleep, and Jane, she can't sleep. She's sitting there and she's replaying the argument about what he said and how it hurt her. And so then this root of bitterness starts. And then she's starting to become angry and then bitter and resentful. And then maybe for the next couple days or weeks she might be passive aggressive or maybe even vindictive. And so the whole time she says, I'm going to hold on to this offense because that's going to punish you. John can't tell that it's punishing him at all. Now, can it affect him? Of course it can, but not as much as her. So one of my favorite quotes is that bitterness is the poison we drink thinking it hurts the other person. Isn't that true? Yeah. Oh, you hurt me? I'll show you. Every time I see you, I'm going to have these thoughts, and that'll teach you. Or I'm going to be passive-aggressive, and that's going to teach you. And so she drank the poison thinking it hurts John, now, it might affect him a little bit, but not as much as it's affecting her. So don't take the bait. It's a good quote, isn't it? I don't know who said it. Anybody know who said it? Don Litchie, I think, is the name of the guy who said it. <laughs> Just make up, make up names. All right, so here's the barriers to forgiveness. I want to forgive, but I can't. I hear that all the time. I want to forgive, I just can't. So wanting to forgive is desire. And saying I can't means you don't have the ability. So I try to reframe that. You can forgive. You just may not be choosing to at this time. Because it is a choice. You don't have to do it. Sometimes it's a process. But there are specific barriers to forgiveness. All right, now you've heard this. Forgive and forget. And there are country songs that talk about that, maybe. Just forgive and forget. Well, if my father physically abused me my whole childhood, and I'll never forget that, Therefore, I can never forgive. Well, that's not true. Forgiveness is not forgetting. So that's not true. You'll always remember it, 
forgiveness and forgetting is not the same thing. So don't. That's, that's not true. So that's a barrier. Um, well, if I forget, that means I'm saying it's okay. What happened to me? If I, if I forgive you, then that means I'm saying, I'm consenting and saying what you did is okay. That's not what forgiveness is. It's not saying okay. Well, if I forgive, that means I'm giving in to them and they win and I lose. And so i got to hold on to the power. Because if I forgive them, that means they win. Well, who's suffering most? Probably not them. So who has the power then? Does it seem like they have some power over you? Is that okay with you? Well, if I forgive, that means I'm going to be more vulnerable to future attacks by this person. Surprisingly, that's not true. I've seen, I've seen it. So every time I'm around this person, my mother, who puts me down and she calls me all these terrible names and makes me feel like garbage, if I forgive her, that means every time she does in the future, I'm going to be right back to this place again. Is that true? What if, by letting go of the offense and the pain that's tied to it, by letting go of that, that puts you in a position of strength? Because then you know, I'm not as wounded, and so therefore I'm not as vulnerable. Any others you can think of? Did I get them all? Pride. Yes, pride. That's it. Yep. You've got to humble yourself to forgive. Well, they need to come to me. they got to come and ask for, for my forgiveness. If you're familiar with Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, he wrote a book on, the, the, um, on forgiveness. There's different languages of forgiveness. So for you, if your language of forgiveness has to do with, well, you've got to come to me and ask for it. I'm not going to do it until you come and ask for it. Why would I come and ask for it? What if they don't want to come ask for it? Then what? Well, then you're stuck? You know, so that's a good book. It's a short book. That's what I would suggest. Good. Others? Barriers to forgiveness. Yeah, it's not my fault. You did all the... I mean, if, if, if it was my fault, why am I so hurt? You're the one who said these terrible, horrible things. So it's not my fault. Yep. What about death? Death? I can't forgive this, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I hear that one all the time. Yeah, so my, uh, my mother, who would verbally abuse me growing up, if I, she's, she's passed away, so how can, I, how can I get forgiveness from her? Because sometimes we think in order to get forgiveness, we've got to go to the person and say, hey, just want to let you know that uh, I forgive you. You could do that. That's, I mean, you could do that. But what if they've passed away? Then, then they, oh, I guess I can't forgive. Well, it depends on what, you, what forgiveness is. That's where we go over the barriers first. Yes? That's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm tired of feeling these feelings. Feeling these feelings. I'm tired of feeling these feelings. Yep. Because then if I, have, if I forgive them, that means I have to uh, relive it. Or I have to acknowledge the emotions. And so my, my answer to that, not that I have the answers, but if I were to say something to that is, it's already there. 
the motions are already there. They're going to come up, whether it's by your own volition or not, it's going to come up. So if you had to choose between them coming up uncontrollably or coming up by your own choice, which one do you prefer? And what if, by you choosing to bring it up by your own volition, then you don't have to deal with it anymore? Would that be okay? Would that be worth it then? Good. Let's go in. Others? Mm -hmm. It just might go along with pride, but ego? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that would be similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pride comes before the... Is that true? You don't know? All right, so I, I got a story here. Um, I don't know if you've heard this story, but there's this guy. He was outside, and he was in his garden. He looked up, and he saw a turtle flying. Have you heard this story? Yeah? So he saw a turtle flying. He said, that's crazy. He went and got his wife and said, look, there's a turtle flying. She's like, that's crazy. And, and so they got their binoculars out, and they look at this turtle flying, and there was this, um, there was this goose that had a stick in its mouth, and the turtle clamped onto the to the stick and so you know it was like holding on the stick and then flying and the, and the woman said wow that turtle is a genius and the turtle said thank you so much <laughs> pride comes before the fall yes did you like that I had to come out of my shell a little bit to ask that one so, so. yes all right Don, do you have something? I just think uh, fear. Fear. Yeah. Because at least if I don't forgive, I have still some control. That's true. Now if I let go of that, I kind of lose control over what's going to happen. So fear, maybe. Fear. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, it could be fear of any of these things. Could be fear of losing control. Could be fear of giving in. They winning. Being vulnerable. Yep. Could be any of those. Any others before we transition? Yes. Oh, Ooh, that's good. Yeah, so, so the actual idea of closure. And sometimes identity goes with that. Well, my identity is this bitter, grudge-holding, anxious, can't-sleep-at-night person. And if I give that up, the other side of what that would be is scarier than what I'm currently used to. And so that's, sometimes that's it. That's it. That's my identity, yeah. Yeah, I'm supposed to feel this way. I'm justified. I should feel this way. And by that, I, like if it was a relationship or something, like a friendship or something that fell out, and you long for it, but it also pains you, having that forgiveness would be closing the door on that completely, and it's just done. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Is apathy a barrier? Um, yeah. So sometimes we can emotionally close ourselves off, right? I don't feel anything anymore. I also don't ever cry anymore. I don't feel any good emotions. I'm sure it's not related. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't feel anything about that anymore. Yeah. I have seen, I have had clients who come in my office where their presenting concern is I don't have emotions anymore and I want to. And, I, and we have found that this right here was the key to set those emotions free. But I'm saying uh, outside of everything else, if you just have apathy towards that one situation or that one Yeah. So, so when I think of my mom who emotionally abused me and I think of it, I don't really have any emotions, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then my question would be, is that, is that true? I don't know. You would know better than me. I would explore that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else said something? Nope. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes I have to set those boundaries. After I forgive, then the next part might be setting boundaries so that I don't get hurt like that again. I'll still be in a place of strength more so maybe than I was before. So I may have to set those boundaries. All right. So don't wait for the other person to ask for your forgiveness. It may never happen. That means I'm giving it all to them. Whether I'm set free is up to you. Don't wait until you feel like forgiving. I hear that all the time. I'll do it when I feel like it. Oh, okay. How long has it been? 25 years. Oh, okay. When, when will you know that you feel like it? I'll just know. Okay. So what's the evidence that you'll feel like forgiving them? I don't know. Right? So I'll wait till I feel like it. Well, if you have bitterness, resentfulness, passive aggressiveness, you're probably not going to feel like forgiving, right? That's the whole point of forgiving so that you don't have, have to harbor these feelings anymore. All right. This is, this, I don't know, this might be a scary one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly or your Father will not forgive your sins. Man. Oh. Uh-oh. Man. Yeah. There's a woman who was telling a story about how she was in uh, can't remember, church or someplace, and then, and then she, was, she was removed, and, and she was in hell. And she was like, Lord, why am I in hell? And he said, because you haven't done what I've asked. She's like, what are you talking about? Everything you've asked me to do, I've, I've done. He's like, well, you haven't forgiven your mother. I've asked you to forgive your mother. And so from that moment, or from that experience, she realized how important forgiveness was. If you don't forgive, your father will not forgive your sins. All right. So you're probably familiar with the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Peter comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times should I forgive? Seven times in a day? That's a lot. I mean, seven times, that's pretty gracious. The answer is no, 70 times seven. That's, a, that's even more. And so, some nice, fun cartoons here. So, this man was called in by the king, and, he's, and the king said, I'm collecting all my debts, and you owe me a huge, massive debt. Massive debt. And the guy says, please, please, have some grace, forgive me, I can't pay it. And so the king said, okay, your debt is forgiven. And so this guy on his way out, he, he leaves, and he sees a guy that actually owed him some debt. And so he says, hey, you owe me debt. And the guy goes to his knees and says, please forgive me, I can't pay, it's a debt I can't pay, which his debt is significantly less than what his was owed and he was forgiven of. And he said, nope, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to throw you in jail until you can pay off your debt. And so they found out when came, told the king, and the king said, I cannot believe that you did that. I, gave, I forgave such a huge debt for you, and you wouldn't even forgive a smaller debt for this person. And so because of that, they threw him in a prison to be tortured. Unforgiveness is like being in a prison and like you're tortured. It's, it's such an unbearable thing. But the key... The key to that prison is forgiveness. But don't wait. All right, so what forgiveness is? It's a choice, decision of the will. Sometimes it's a process. It's letting go of the pain that holds you down. It's choosing not to hold someone's offense against them anymore. That's all it is. I'm not going to hold on to their offense anymore. The pain that's attached to the offense goes with it. That's what forgiveness is.
It's agreeing to live the consequences of another person's offense. All right, so, sounds, pretty, sounds pretty good, right? It's not so bad. I can probably do this, all right? All right, so after doing this with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, I feel like I found the two secret ingredients. And if, if you have the paper, you probably already see it, so don't look. Even though you have probably have already seen it and you're looking now. <laughs> so when I would do this, um, and I have a specific process protocol which I'm going to share with you, and the clients were there, it didn't do anything, I was like, huh, why is it not working? Like, what's, it's like, people's lives are being changed by this, why is it not working? And so from this, I feel like I found the secret ingredients. There's two of them. Ready, cliffhanger, you ready? All right, saying it out loud. Something about confession. I had a physician that was coming to see me, and and um, this was the this is what was going to set him free. And he could not literally say that he was I can't remember. A, I'm going to make something addicted to pornography. Couldn't even say it. In his mind, he could say it. He couldn't say it out loud. Had a, a young man I was seeing. Uh, was going to forgive his dad and he starts to say I choose to forgive my and he could not say the word father couldn't say it why like you say it in his mind he couldn't say it out loud there's something significant about saying it out loud hugely significant we can get all spiritual if you want to power of life and death is in the tongue the words we speak God created things by words that we speak alright saying it out loud that's one of the key ingredients the second one I find is in the presence of someone else. For me to confess some things out loud in the presence of someone else, whew, man, that is significant. I've had people come and they're like, I forgive, 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 and nothing, nothing works, nothing works. I've done this, I've done this. And then they do these two things, huge, different. That's, what it, that's the missing piece for them. All right, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's pretty significant. That's, that's very specific. Why am I not being healed? Why am I not being healed? I want healing. All right? Confess with each other healed. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So you, yeah, you'll be forgiven, but you'll also be cleansed and healed. Okay? All right. What time are we done? 2.30? All right. Here is the protocol. All right. So the way I set it up is I, I tell clients, okay, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. Based on that, is that something you, I want to invite you, is that something you'd be willing to do? Most everyone says yes. Most everyone says yes. Now, I am strategic in going over the barriers first before I say what forgiveness is. Now, if I went into what forgiveness is and then the barriers, while I'm saying what forgiveness is, barriers are already coming up. Nah. Nope, I can't do that. That means I'm going to be vulnerable. They're going to win. I'm saying it's okay. So I hit those first. I overcome the barriers, and then I talk about what forgiveness is. Heart softened, and it's, um, all you have to do is let go of the offense. The pain's tied to it. Do you want to let go of the pain? Of course I do. Then letting go of the offense is the way to go. So there is a cure to your prison. There's a key to your prison, and it's forgiveness. Is that something you want to do? Yes. All right. So I have to make a list of everyone they need to forgive. And then we go through it. And we'll start with either the easiest or the hardest. Sometimes, sometimes people are like, I want to start with the hardest. And so they plug it in. I choose to forgive John for doing. 
and name everything they did. And keep going till you run out. Keep, you're going to say it out loud. Did you say paper? Yes. No, no paper. It's not allowed. Got to say it out loud. I choose to forgive John for making fun of me in the second grade, for telling people um, that I'm Davy Crockett, call me Davy Crockett. That's what they called me. Um, you know, for this, this, and this. And as they do it, you'll see stuff will come up. Oh, I forgot about that. And stuff will come up. You keep going until they run out. And they're like, hmm, uh, can't think of anything else. Okay, good. Now let's go to the next part. Because it made me feel. Don't you run out. Worthless. Embarrassed. Unloved. Angry. Bitter. And just they'll just keep going. Keep going until till you run out. Nothing else comes to mind. Saying the last most important part, I now choose to let go of the resentment that was caused and not hold on to their or my offense ever again. Then they cross off that name on the list and they go on to the next person. So I tell them in counseling, the two secret ingredients sing out loud in the presence of someone else. The good news is I'm that other person. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to think any differently of you. I'm not going to think any less of you. All right? Okay. Makes sense? All right. Now, careful. If they do this cognitively and intellectually, it's not going to be the same. What do I mean by that? When they, when, when they feel like they want to explain it. I choose to forgive John in the second grade because he embarrassed me. So what John did is that, you know, I was in second grade, and so there was a group of friends, and I've got to make, make sure that you understand this. And I, and I stop them right there. I was like, it's not about me understanding. Now they shift from that emotional part of the brain, which is what we want, to that cognitive brain, which is intellectual. It's not going to be the same thing. So I tell them, um, if you feel like you need to explain something to me, it's not about me understanding. Actually, I prefer that you not explain it to me. And if you go to explain mode, I might even stop and interrupt you and just say, hey, Keep going. So if they try, do you want them to do it emotionally? So when they're doing this, I choose forgive John, and they're looking around. They're accessing parts of their memory, and, and they're emotionally there because um, what we know from neuroscience is that the, the mind can't distinguish between what's real and what's imagined. So if I'm sitting there and I'm pulling up pictures, and now I'm emotionally connected to it, and now it can shift. But if I'm doing it cognitively, intellectually, not the same thing. So the first thing I do is I tell them that before we ever start. And maybe I'll give some examples so they can proactively try to do it. And if they go into it, which there's nothing wrong with being cognitive and intellectual, but not for this, it's, it's not. So then I might call them on it. Because sometimes the best way to make someone aware of it is to call them in the moment. Yeah, so hey, sorry to interrupt you, but you don't have to, you know, seems like you're explaining things, just keep going. Stick with what they did until you run out. And then they're back up here. Looking around. They're accessing that brain, the part of the brain, which is what I want. So I watch their eyes. Uh, I'm curious, when you're doing, I know this is a particular therapy, but when you're doing EMDR and you're asking them, what do you notice now? That kind of opens the door, but it draws them out of that part of their brain. So that's kind of something I have trouble with, is getting them out of their you know, thinking brain back into their emotional brain. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So, so if you catch it, you can make them aware, and then they can transition. Or sometimes if they don't know, then I may ask some prompting questions. 
So you, Yeah, I, I just want them to go. Just go. Go. Keep going. Let it just flow. And you can tell when it's flowing because they're doing this. I'm telling you. All right, so careful on this. All right, so here's the protocol. I educate on what forgiveness is not, overcoming the barriers. I educate them on what forgiveness is. Based on this information, I invite them to freedom through forgiveness. And you can be free from this. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring to their mind uh, everyone they need to forgive. So I have them make a list. So we may pray and say, Lord, bring to, bring to John's mind everyone he needs to forgive. Um, and then he's going to start making a list. And I tell him, when you start making your list, people's names will come up. God, that's weird. Why did, why did Joey's name come up? Put it down. Now there's two people I always suggest they put on the list. Who do you think they are? Yeah. And there's one more that might be surprising. God. Wait a minute. God. Not because God makes mistakes, because we attribute mistakes to God. Right? Why did you allow this to happen? Why didn't you save me from this? Why did you allow this person to die? That's a huge one. So I suggest self and God. And I even say it's not because God makes mistakes. It's because we attribute mistakes to God. So if we have an offense that we're holding against God, that's a huge one. I've seen, again, lives change just by that one right there. All right, so one, two, three, four. There's seven of them. I uh, explain the forgiveness process of what we just did in the previous slide, a couple slides, the one with said freedom, the black, dark slide. Now I emphasize the two secret ingredients, which are... Say out loud and presence of someone else. Yes, good. I encourage them to feel it, not explain it. Saying what you mean, meaning what you say, go. And then they, they go through it. And I asked, do you want to start with the easiest person, the hardest person on the list? And then I let them go till they run out before moving on to the next one. Cross the name off, move to the next person. And then at the end, however you want to end that, I, I always do visualization of walking around, having these burdens, and now being free from it, and how it feels lighter. Now temptation is going to come for you to pick it right back up. Because you can do that. I let go of the offense. Here's my offense. I let it go. John, I'm done with you, John. I'm not going to harbor any bitterness. We're good. And something's going to happen. I'm going to think about John. Be like, yeah, I'm good. John, John. My gosh, John, I can't believe it. And I'm going to pick it right back up. Temptation's going to come. Don't do it. Oh, yeah. I let go of that. I now choose to let go of the resentment that was caused and not hold on to their offense ever again. I'm meaning what I say. Say what I mean. Done. So most of the time, most, almost every time, you won't pick it back up. You're like, oh, I like it better on this side. This feels better over here than it was over there. All right, now we can get crazy. We can do a demonstration to show you how it goes, if you want to, if someone's willing to be a volunteer of something that's not really triggering and traumatic, that's something that could be easy or even fake. Yeah? All right. All right. Can I borrow this chair?
Yeah, I just didn't want to. Yeah. Good. Are these your keys? Oh. Do you want them? No. <laughs> Sometimes when you invite people to forgiveness, they run. <laughs> just let them go. They'll be back. Mark them off the list. <laughs> All right, questions while we're waiting? Yes. Can you define like forgiveness itself? Letting go of um, faults that I hold against myself. So faults and offenses I hold against myself. A lot of times when um, I'm convinced that this is what's going on, I always confirm it. I don't just assume. So I have them close their eyes. I'll ask a question. Um, let's say that they're really anxious, can't sleep at night. I've seen people who can't sleep at night. They go through this. They can sleep now. So I'm asking them a question. I have them close their eyes, and they're talking about uh, how dad was just horribly abusive. And then I'll say, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to say the first answer that comes to your mind. Who do you blame? myself. The whole time I thought it was dad. If I assume it's dad, I'm going to go after dad and I forgave dad, but God, I still feel this unsettledness because I blame myself. And so then we would do that same process. I choose to forgive myself for doing allowing dad to hurt mom, not being able to speak up, whatever. And so then after this, yeah, so they, they're emotional, I'm emotional. And when you, it's like you can feel um, this shift, I've, this shift that happens, I've, you, know, you get goosebumps. And then sometimes you feel resistance where they can't physically say, I choose to forgive dad. And we'll pray, and then they can do it. All right, Zach. All right, Zach. So um, let me tell you what forgiveness, how much time do we have? 30 minutes. Three min 30 minutes? Three? Two forty-five is the next session. Oh, but it's, a, it's until two thirty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me tell you what forgiveness is not. I did my spiel. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. Okay, Zach. Based on that, so all forgiveness is 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 letting go of the offense that holds you prisoner. And so, based on that, is this something you want to do today? Please say yes. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> That would have been so awkward if he was like, no. Yeah, like, like Zach, don't you need to go outside again? Yeah, I do. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to invite you to say this. I'm going to give you all a copy of this, by the way, whenever you leave. I've got all this one sheet piece of paper. All right, it's this yeah. at the bottom there. So I'm going to invite you to say this. He's made his list. He's going to start with somebody. All right, meaning what you say, saying what you mean. If you find yourself explaining or being too cognitive, Zach, I might interrupt you. Not because I'm being rude. It's just I don't want that to disrupt the process. So whenever you're ready, go. And, and watch, not watch me, but just watch as simple as what I'm going to do. I'm going to be here with him. Okay. Can we look at you? Or? No. Well, you can. <laughs> Do you prefer that I stand over you? Would that be more comfortable? <laughs> All right, you ready? So, meaning what you say, saying what you mean, whenever you're ready. I choose to forgive my mother. Okay, for doing. And keep going till you run out. Um, she didn't raise me or my sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of hurt and resentment. Anger mm -hmm. and apathy, tons mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. for probably 30 years. Yep. And it was a, a, 
a blessing and a freedom to have Christ and my daughter to really help me release that here in the last couple of years. Yep. I uh, hadn't seen my mom in 20 years, mm-hmm. and a year ago, this is a true story, by the way. Um, He's explaining. Oh. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to hear it, right. Zach. No, it's uh, not that we, I don't want to hear it. Forgive me for interrupting yeah, such a... Yeah. You're talking so about we, like... Uh, so what is it? What is it that? What else do you need to say that she's done that you need to acknowledge? Just hurt and okay, relationships keep. with, you know, family, female members and stuff to mm-hmm. really get through that and, and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was a lot of hurt. Somebody that's just supposed to be the person that is your uh, caregiver. There you go. And yes. That, that guides you and gives you the unconditional love that mm. gave you life on this earth. Exactly. That, that God bless you to, to, to birth you. That yep. wasn't there and there was an absence for 30 years. There it is, yeah. Yeah, see how that sounds different than the explaining? And, and thank you, Zach. For, okay. I'm not like saying you should explain how the no. Lord like blessed you and your family, but I don't want to go off track cognitive. See how that felt and sounded different? Yeah, all right. And I just interrupted you. Um, Anything else about what she did that you need to say? Anything else that comes to mind? That was just freedom of, of loving back and forgiving because forgiving can lead you in a bad, or not forgiving can lead you in a bad spot. That's it. With other relationships in your life. That's it, yep. All right, and so the next part, because it made me feel emotions. Pain, hurt, unwanted. There you go. They're real. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah, yeah, there may not be anything else. Those are pretty good ones. I mean, those are your mainstays right here. Yeah. You don't have that. It hurts. That's it, yeah. It subconsciously hurts you. Mm -hmm. All right, so saying the last most important part, I now choose? I now choose to let go of the resentment that was caused and not hold on to that offense ever again. Ever again. I'm going to have him cross the name off. He's going to go on to the next one, and we're just going to knock them all out. And afterwards, then we're going to pray, do some visualization, and he will be different. Just burdens coming off. All right, Zach, thank you. You can keep that. That's yours. That's your parting gift that I'm giving to everyone. Yes? Can I just ask, um, so like when you said say it out loud and say it with another person present, do you ever have that happen in front of you where the two people are there? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What happens if they start making the other person that you're trying to forgive is trying to explain why they did what they did to you, but also to your counselor, and turn the situation where it was really about the person that's trying to forgive them? Yep. I interrupt them, and I tell them okay. the rules at the beginning. Okay. So if I'm forgiving um, Zach, I'm forgiving Zach, or Zach's trying to forgive me, I may be like, Zach, let me just explain to you why I did what I did and why it was okay. That's the, you don't want to hear that, right? And so I may set some rules on that, but I wouldn't suggest doing that unless you're trained with, like, family and but stuff. But you have first have them say the person and everything, like the whole list, before yeah. you have them say it out loud in front of the person they're I even have them. I don't even have them go to the other person. Okay. Oh. This right here will do it all. Okay. It's the same... Yeah, no, that's okay. So if Zach went through his list and it was just me and him in a room and he went through everybody, that's that's sufficient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you rec- like 
so I should have started with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you don't need the other person. So Zach, Zach doesn't need his mom. He doesn't need. It. He can if he wants to. But yeah, uh, yeah, me. No, it's no, it's. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Everyone's like contact me like it doesn't work. I'm like, what are you talking about? Works all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, where does the boundary between forgiveness and boundaries come? Because like you forgive somebody, but then you set a boundary, and then they're like, "Oh, you're still holding a grudge against me because of the boundary." You, you see what I'm saying? How would you know if you're holding a grudge? What's the evidence? <laughs> well, no, that they deflect that on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so every time my mom is verbally abusive to me, I forgave her. And then every time mom tries to speak to me, I'm going to set that boundary. Mom, if that's how you're going to speak to me, then I can't be around you. So that's up to you of whether or not I'm around you. So I'm giving you the responsibility of whether I'm around you. So if you talk to me that way, so that tells me that I can't be around so you. So that boundary is not, like, that's not oh, unforgiveness. That boundary shows setting that's, your own self-respect. Right, okay, yeah. I've been manipulated by my mother to the point yeah. I have a relationship with her because she yeah. manipulates it to the point that I self-doubt and hate myself. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. So then it's like, is the boundary actually abusive to her or me? No, because I'm giving her the choice. Mom, if you choose to talk to me that way, you're telling me I, I shouldn't be around you. So it's up to you. Right? So Good. What you're saying is it's okay to not have a relationship. It is, yeah, depending on the relationship and what's going on, yeah. yeah. But reconciliation, I think you should always work towards resolution. Um, now, if I try to resolve things with mom and she continues to want to talk to me that way, that's her choice. Mom, you're showing me that we can't resolve things, so when you're ready, you let me know, because I'm willing no matter what. Always work towards resolution. Yeah. Other questions? Yeah. Um, so, if I, I'm sure I, I need to go through this myself, but I also can see where, um, like, my mother could benefit from but, like, at what point do you say, you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't be involved this closely with this stuff because... As of you helping her go through it? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you full permission not to do that with your mother. You tell her I said. Can I make an appointment? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yes. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, I got through the, the hurt. That's it. And, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah, she no longer Yeah, and it was one of those that I didn't want a relationship because there was a, a hurtfulness that I didn't get through myself. Yeah. But now I actually talk. You know, I just we talk about whatever. That's it. That's it wasn't there. Reconciliation. It's so important. We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. Yep, so you did miss that part. 
That's okay. So let me tell you. Resentfulness, bitterness, anger, passive aggressiveness, vindictiveness, trouble sleeping at night, cortisol levels going up, uh oh, health issues, high blood pressure. You'll die faster. That's what I'm saying. All right. That's it. That I feel like I'm making them uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like yep. All right. So you ready for this? I got an answer for this. Okay. You might want to write this down. Failure to confront is permission to continue. Ooh. See? Isn't that good? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again, but in the uh, the voice of Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings. Failure to confront is permission to continue. I should have just probably started with that. Yeah. All right, so unforgiveness, bitterness, failure to confront is, is permission to continue. We'll see you guys later, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is a broader thing. We live on a social media culture and this cancel culture. So, you know, you're trying to reconcile something with somebody. I'm just saying Joe Blow on the street. And all of a sudden, block on Facebook, block on Twitter. I'm not talking to you, cold shoulder. And they make no effort. Okay, I can forgive them, but then they're still doing that cancel culture back and turning people against you. I mean, like, how do you, you're not holding bitterness, but yet you're receiving all the bitterness. Yeah, and so then is that person worth being in my life? Do I have room for that person in my life? And that's when you're just in the relationship. So I, I, I always, again, always give an invitation for reconciliation no matter what. So uh, door's always open. But I'm waiting on you. I mean, I probably that sounds passive aggressive, doesn't it? Waiting on you. <laughs> you're the one who screwed up. Oh, I forgave you, jerk. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, sure. This is actually an intervention for you. She just she set it up. She called me. And yeah, so I would say confront. Speak the truth in love. Eventually, they're going to get tired of you confronting them. It does make confrontation now. All right, maybe confrontation. Let me, let me give you a different word. It's not a confrontation. It's a carefrontation. So I'm going to carefront you. Right? I love you. I res maybe I just love you. I was going to say respect, but maybe you don't. I love you, but every time you speak to me that way, that shows me I can't be around you. Every time you speak like that, I can't be. And eventually, they have a choice to make. Either change or not change. But confrontation, when you care confrontation, it does make a difference. In counseling, that's a changing skill. It's what causes change is confrontation. Empathic confrontation, carefrontation. All right, we got a few minutes left. Yeah. So in situations, if you know somebody has, suffers from mental illness, do you still put up boundaries or sever, keep distance, but knowing that until they're able to overcome their own mental health, 
that is intention? That depends on you. Depends on what you're willing and unwilling to absorb. Yeah. Tolerate. Yeah. So the two ways you interpret someone's undesirable behavior, they're a terrible person or they're coming from a place of wounding. So if I see it, they're coming from a place of wounding, I might be more tolerant of that. But if it's extremely wounding to me, I don't know if I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But not allowing that to be an excuse for their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And Yep, one of my favorite quotes, which is going to be a book title, is that even though we've been through wounding um, and we, we get triggered based on wounding, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something about it, right? So it may not be their fault of why they have this, but they still bear responsibility to do something about it. Man, I'm on fire. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And so accountability is very important. And so that's where carefrontation can come in. Yep. All right. Last question before we end. All right. Yeah. So, so that, that amazing slide that had, um, how do you know, uh, pull up the event and what emotion goes with it. All right, let me pray for us before we go. Is that okay? Because I'm going to do it anyways. Because failure to confront. All right, let's pray. All right, Lord, thank you so much for uh, everyone who's here, and I thank you for the gift of forgiveness. You have extended forgiveness to us that we do not deserve. And, Lord, we want to extend that to other people. You've called us to extend that to other people. I ask that, Lord, if there's anyone here who has harboring that bitterness, that root of bitterness, I ask that you would make them aware of that. And Lord, that you would lead them to freedom that comes through forgiveness. And I pray, Lord, that from this, maybe um, you would take this and have them to be able to help others, to set them free, who can set other people free, who can set other people free. And all of this points back to you, Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.